0: I'm Joe Duffy, CEO of OffshoreInsiders.com. Essential to my handicapping prosperity has been zigging, while many gamblers are zagging. However, in this essay, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon and chattering about bad beats. Seems to be a hot topic as of late. Consistent with not being part of the Echo Chamber, I do differentiate between bad beats and heartbreaking losses, though they're far from mutually exclusive. My top two criterion for true bad beats are as follows. Number one, irrational happenings ensued in true garbage time. The straight up results were already decided. Number two, overtime extra inning heartbreak. A big underdog fails to cover in overtime or it takes multiple overtimes to exceed the total. The 2014 Bahamas Bowl on Christmas Eve, is widely deemed one of the ugliest, if not the number one, bad beat of all time. Central Michigan outscored Western Kentucky by a breathtaking 34 to nothing in the fourth quarter, then missed on a two-point conversion to lose by one, getting three and a half points. Yeah, soul-crushing if you were on the downside of the miracle, but because every point mattered in the straight-up outcome, I can't regard it as a top five bad beat, though certainly a stunner for the ages. Also, was played on national television and the only game played that day. Higher-profile games will always be more memorable and bias people. Now, in the name of full disclosure, of course, I recall that game very well and may be partial. It was my all-time miracle cover, though probably not topping Good slash Bad Beat catalog for reasons nuanced just moments ago. But the overwhelming part for me individually is that it occurred in the midst of one of the worst declines and bad beat runs ever. In fact, that win concluded it. It's crazy how being on the right side of such truly turns the worm. I even found a tweet from myself just two days later celebrating the end of a painful betting period and the beginning of yet a new winning streak. Christmas continues to be my favorite holiday, and my eldest son was born Christmas Eve. So December 24th, again, when said game was played, was a joyous time for me. And we were celebrating his birthday at my son's favorite restaurant. I took a peek at my iPhone, saw the score in progress, and concluded it was clear my almost unheard of rough patch would endure. We ventured home, and I seized a much-needed mental nap. Several hours later, upon waking, I checked my computer and swore I was still asleep and dreaming, or maybe I was awake and hallucinating. I went to probably four to five sites at least before I trusted the score. Checked my sports book, they posted it as a winner in my account. Fact, I even went to the little boys' room, cleared out some cobwebs, reassured myself that I was awake, and corroborated the final tally one last time. What a great Christmas gift. Now, of course, if I were on the other side, granted, I may not have yet recovered, but for perhaps semantical reasons, some lower-profile games were worse beats. As you're about to hear, I can't recollect every detail, or even the exact teams of my most terrible bad beats, but they were lower-profile games. I long to have the photogenic memory of my friend and respected Candy Tapper, the big man on campus, for this assignment. Twice in 2019, I lost unders that went into overtime, more than 25 points below the total. Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern had a post a total of 45 on October the 19th. No problem. They're tied at 10 at the end of regulation. Oh, then a mere 37 points in overtime kills me. I cannot immediately recall the other one, but all but certain we went into the extra period more than 30 points below the total and lost. Sunday, June 13, 2004, I made one of my biggest bets ever. It was my interleague total of the year. Overwhelming evidence all pointed towards the New York Yankees-San Diego game under the 10 and a half. What a call it was, or so I thought. San Diego leads 2 to nothing. two outs, bottom of the ninth, nobody on and then all hell broke loose. Of course, the Yankees tie and send the extra innings. Then the teams combine for seven runs in the 12th inning, as the Bronx Bombers put it over the total with two outs to end it. The reason I suck on my bar trivia team is because I battle to recall meticulous particulars, even the teams involved. Despite my research acumen, only recalling conferences, not opponents many years later, robs me from presenting easily quantifiable nominations for the worst ever bad beats. But the premise and basic essentials of these stories are accurate, if not slightly imprecise. Circa 1990, pretty certain it was a Colonial Athletic Conference game on Sports Channel America. Though I don't swear it was Navy George Mason, I did unearth that in the 90-91 season, Mason beat them 85-79 at a very bad Navy team where they were very likely a road favorite. I cannot uncover archive synopsis nor odds, but it very well could be said game. Or maybe not. But the gist is accurate. I had the underdog plus five and a half, and they're winning outright by one. The favorite has the last possession and gets back into the front court and calls a timeout with just seconds remaining. The only realistic scenario I get screwed on is if a the chalk gets fouled, makes one of two, and the game continues into overtime. But then the impossible took place. The Chalk makes a three-pointer to go up by two. Underdog calls a timeout, but in true Chris Webber fashion, they had none. Now, I believe that's a dead ball technical, meaning two shots plus loss of possession. Yep, the Chalk then hits two free throws. My team inbounds the ball. They get fouled and they convert two more free throws. That is the chalk inbounds. The ball got fouled and converted two more free throws. Presuming I did not fumble a detail, I'm pretty certain it was seven points in just a matter of seconds to cover by a half. A great beat I had was possibly the first year of overtime rules in college football, 1995. Either way, it was mid to late 90s. I had the favorite laying about nine and a half What I'm all but certain was a late-night Pac-12 game. My team got a touchdown in overtime, but of course their opponent got possession at the bottom of overtime. But yet my chalk ends it with a defensive touchdown, the win by 13, and I get the cover. Now, if those with much more unerring memories can help me fill in the blanks, please contact me through the contact form at offshoreinsiders.com and let me know. Higher-profile games are clearly easier to recall, but after well over 50,000 bets in my lifetime, I assure you the obscure ones bring every bit as much suffering or sometimes ecstasy. The legendary Maya Angelou said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Essentially, that theory applies in gambling, but not always in a positive way. I've learned I will forget the exact opponents, I will forget the precise details, but I will never forget how those bad beats made me feel. Visit me each and every day, offshoreinsiders.com, for the strongest picks in the handicapping industry, 32 plus years as a professional full-time handicapper, Joe Duffy.